feel like being shy today. Don't be shy. We got some stuff to talk about today, that's for sure. The job is always fun. Always enjoy it. It's more fun when the teams that you want to see do well, do well, and they stay away from controversy. Those are always uh, more enjoyable, but it doesn't mean the other parts don't happen. And unfortunately for this organization, it's happened far too much. Wait, which organization are you talking about? I'm just throwing, I don't know, to each their own, right? It's it's probably your organization. Maybe not. Manchester City's doing great. I don't know what you're talking about. No issues. None right now. They're fine. Doing great. Flawless. Beat United. Yeah. They're in second place. Oh, they're not in first. I've got nothing to complain about. Not in first. Aren't people complaining that they're not in first? They don't have a striker. I'll give you that. See? It's never perfect. We always want more. And we should! We should demand it! (laughs) Uh, We've got two hours for you today. We are going to take you till Thursday Night Football, the new week of action. Tonight, the Ravens at the Dolphins coming up at uh, 5 o'clock and the Tua has been listed as questionable for tonight. Uh, Jacoby Brissett started last week in their win against Houston. Baltimore has been more up than down. They've had a couple of weird losses, but still it's a very good team, and that one kickstarts the week of action in the NFL. There is plenty of uh, other NFL news to get to. We've got lots of NBA to discuss, and mainly with uh, with the team right here in our town, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, we will be getting into that today. Also, there's another team in town. College basketball started this week. And UC Davis, you heard that game on uh, the other night where they got off to a great start with a win against Utah State. Uh, but how, how about the Sacramento State Hornets? They got started as well, and they've got a new coach. Brandon Laird took over for Coach Katz uh, when we talked to Joe Davidson, what, about a week or so ago. It was a surprising move in which uh, Coach Katz decided to step down and basically uh, move on from his uh, work there. And he'd done a great job at Sacramento State. And Brandon Laird had been his number one guy, and now he gets an opportunity. So he's going to visit with us. Uh, coming up at 4.30. We also will have uh, the crossover before we get out of here at 5 o'clock. But as you know, and again, thank you for those of you uh, tuning in. We appreciate that. Whether you reach us on the text line, uh, you check in via YouTube, we thank you and say hello to all of you there. Thank you so much. And whether it's Smart Speaker or the radio or the app, however you find us, we're glad you're here. We really do appreciate that and appreciate you checking in. Uh, we will say Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. But here we go. Let's start the show with First Things First. First Things First. Close, please, close. Trey Jones will be able to dribble it out as the Spurs had season highs in points and three-pointers made. They shoot 53% from the field, 18 of 32 from beyond the arc. The final score from the AT&T Center, Spurs 136, Kings 117. Huh? Huh? Yep, that's what happened. And in the details of what happened, uh, the Kings played terrible basketball yesterday. They really did. Got off to an awful start. Uh, Battled enough, enough, I guess, to feel like they were trying to get back in the game, but just did not defend for four quarters. And I know one of the things that was coming out of the Kings post-game press conference was about... um, how well San Antonio shot and, oh, they made so many shots. Part of that, it would have been tough to beat them. I, I, I thought the Kings allowed that. I, I just didn't think they were as engaged as they have been. And when you lose a game like that, combined with what happened in the third quarter of Phoenix and then the loss the night before to Indiana, all of the things that I've been talking about, I, I'll speak for my own opinion on this team, that I've been very encouraged by, that I still believe is very... um 
palpable to what the, my feelings towards this team. I like the roster. I like who they're playing. I like the way it's constructed. I like what they can be when it's right. And then you have these last, let's say, I don't even know if it's two and a half games, but it's two games with a quarter in there that makes you question everything. Everything. And I'm not the one a one bad game and, and you you completely change your opinion. I'm not there. But it makes you wonder what's real in a shorter uh, sample size. We've seen 12 games. And if you really do that, in fairness to the Kings, if you do the 12, I think there's been more good than bad. But what we've seen here lately has not been good. Borderline yesterday, unacceptable. And it makes you wonder how valuable is a guy like Tyrese Halliburton? I, I think he's very valuable. But the team didn't seem to function very well without him the last couple of games. Certainly it's hurt, I, in my opinion, Rashawn Holmes. He hasn't been the same player. Stuff we would say is, where would this team be without Rashawn Holmes or Harrison Barnes? Well, they were literally there yesterday, but they did not play well. Oh, wait till De'Aaron Fox gets going. He had a good game. It didn't help. I, I still maintain the best this team can be is De'Aaron living in that 18 to 25 point range but being very important in the fourth quarter and just being more efficient. Seven players in double figures, six players in double figures. That's how they need to win, certainly with an emphasis on rebounding and defense. And just, yeah, none of it was there. Outplayed by what I think is a lesser team, but it makes you question all the things. Like, I've been hanging on to this for, what, a few days when I said, look, I think the bottom five in the West are are already established, and the Spurs are in that group. OKC, who the Kings play tomorrow, are in that group. New Orleans, Minnesota, uh, and Houston. I think that's the bottom five. And if that stays that way, well, the Kings are in the top 10 no matter what. Well, you don't want to be in the top 10 no matter what just out of process of elimination. You want to be in the top 10 no matter what because you deserve to be. And you have the look of a team like that. And at times this year, I felt they have had that. But not last night, certainly, at any point in the game. And then not in the awful third quarter against Phoenix. And just because you lose a game doesn't mean it's all washed and lost but this is what we've been feeling now for a couple of games here. And so I thought it was important to win yesterday to stop the losing streak at two. Now it's to three. I do believe they can be OKC, but if you don't, now it's four and you're questioning everything again. And it's just not clicking for the moment and two pieces of the puzzle were out. And then it just felt like another strength of this team to me is their depth. It just looked like they were thin based on that. So everything kind of gets questioned when you play a game like that. Yesterday felt like the first Old Kings game it of the did. season. And I know what people would say that, and that's a perfect way to put it, because let's take a loss earlier this year to, not Utah, because I thought they played them really well twice. Uh, I don't know, maybe the Warrior game. That's another loss I can think of. Oh, same Old Kings. I'm like, it's not. I don't think it is. But what you just said there yesterday, uh, Chris, about them, that it did feel like that. It did. And what's real? At this point, over 12 games, more of this has been good and encouraging. But this rears its ugly head, and you go, well, is that their identity? Were we getting fooled? You know, like last year we said, well, if you avoid two nine-game losing streaks, well, also if you don't have, I think they won eight of ten twice. That's kind of abnormal, too. So what is the real team last year? What is the real team this year? Old Kings, I put it as when they make like when they start to make a run and then there's a timeout and you know that it's done. Yeah. You know that they're gonna be figured out. Right. 
And yesterday it felt like they, in another version that felt like the air quotes of old Kings, they were scoring. And the only time they would dip into the deficit was really if the Spurs missed a shot. It really wasn't a stop. It was maybe a deer and two, another basket at the Alex Len dunk, a miss Spurs shot and one more. Oh, a six Oh run. Yeah. It was 25 down to 19. And then they hit a three and it's 22. It's like, no, it's not happening. They didn't defend well enough. Spurs did what they wanted. Again, this is not a great offense. It was a team near the bottom of three point shooting. They made 18. Um, they had 34 assists with eight turnovers. That is a team that did what they wanted against the Sacramento Kings. And that can't happen. It just can't happen consistently. You will lose games like this. Yes, I get that. But um, when you're trying to establish things, trying to really get going, avoid things that had happened a year ago, they're not all the way there in that spot. But just yesterday just left you left me questioning things. Harrison Barnes, in the pregame yesterday, we were talking about him being an all-star. And I thought, okay, it's way too early, but he's played like one. If the Kings play well near 500 at the all-star break and his numbers can maintain, he would have to be considered. And then yesterday, nine points and seven and rebounds. seven quick points. He had, I think I told you that, what was it? He had seven of the first nine. And then he had two points in the second quarter. That's it. And is it Harrison's fault? No, it's never one person. But... And that's not what Harrison's been, but what 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 happened here? Buddy Heald's been pretty good. He wasn't very good yesterday. Rashawn Holmes has been really good. He wasn't very good yesterday. And you got a steady dose of De'Aaron, which in a in a small sliver, if there's any remote silver lining in the game, I guess it's him being more efficient. I like how he got to the basket, but I blame the Kings too for that. I thought this was a team that was so vulnerable in the paint. There was Jakob Pertl is a guy that's bothered them before and protected the paint. He was not there. He did not play. And the Kings had, I think, six points in the paint in the first quarter and then had 20-something in the second attack. And I think this team in the past and even last night has been guilty of, okay, they're down 13. Let's hit a 13-point shot. Obviously, there's no such thing, but two's work. Chip away at it. There was a lot of time left. They could have got this thing down to 10 points, 8 points, and then if you think you're the better team, let them melt down. I mean, the way you were going to come back was with defense. I know a lot of the logic says we need points, we need points. Well, also stopping them from scoring would help. The Kings' last couple of fourth quarters had been really good. The Phoenix game, it wasn't this dramatic offense on that comeback against Phoenix. It was just kind of, man, Phoenix isn't scoring here are the Kings chipping away, a couple free throws, a couple baskets. Oh, sneak in a three if it's open. And then, wow, it's 15, it's 13. Here they come, it's seven. Wow, this team may win. And it was like they they didn't put any of that together. They had to stop the Spurs from scoring. They didn't do that with any kind of consistency. A complete letdown of a game. It still can be a productive trip, but when you have moments like last night, it, it makes you question everything. It made me question everything. It's just where you go, what is happening with this team right now? Is this an aberration? Is this who they really are? You're just, just talking to myself, basically. All these questions. And the best part is they got another game tomorrow that either redirects everybody's feelings about them or it validates those that have concerns and says this is this is the way it's going. This is the way it's going to maintain. Um, let's hope not. Let's hope not. All right, more first things first. First things first. Oh, 
Okay, as bad as the game was, and it was bad, to me, the bigger issue yesterday, the bigger concern, not bigger issue, bigger concern to me was the story that came from Sean Cunningham at ABC 10. And when we had Sean on on Tuesday, he had said, he had inferred in our interviews, like, I've got to have a story, but I need more corroboration before I can report it. And I ended up actually talking to Sean uh, a couple times about this well after the interview. And then the uh, report came out yesterday that Marvin Bagley allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, because I don't trust Sean either, <laughs> refused to go in the game when asked to go in the game. He, uh, Coach Walton was asked about it, and here is how he addressed it. Back to kind of Sunday's game, uh, I know I've had some folks tell me that Marvin refused to check into that game when called upon. I wanted to wait to hear from you, uh, yeah. just some perspective or some clarity on that. Yeah, no, look, our guys all know. Look, this is what is expected out of us as a group. And, um, you know, we, we, Marvin and I are constantly in communication. And, you know, today was about San Antonio. And today was a, a very good shoot around. And we're, we're going into the night. But he and everyone else knows, like, we need everyone this year and everyone has to be ready. Did Marvin decline to go into yeah, the look, Again, I'm not getting into like, anything that happens within our group is that's between our group. So uh, the thing that matters is people know, uh, know what's expected and that we continue to move forward. And tonight um, we got a very tough matchup against San Antonio and they're coming off a couple of days rest and we're at the beginning of a road trip. So it's a big game for us and we're, uh, we're excited about that opportunity. Okay. Without being in the huddle, without being in the locker room, uh, I feel like there's an answer in the answer. I, one part I will agree with what Coach Walton said. Yeah, you try to keep that in house. I mean, that really is it any of our business? No. But now that it's public, um, I, it's unacceptable. You can't have that. I, I mean, it's so frustrating to hear that as a reaction for Marvin Bagley. And I'm going to go on Sean's report and even coaches, because I think there's a denial if it didn't happen and there was no denial there. And that's okay. We're it gonna... would be absolutely not. Yeah. No, Sean yeah. Cunningham has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I think that's how you would deny it. Yeah, that's how I would deny yeah. it. Um, and coaches, are they play a lot of different roles here. And there's not one way to do this. There's a lot of different ways. If you have a manager or you've been a manager, um, you could rip the person right in front of you, rip them publicly. Maybe there's been ripping behind closed doors. Maybe it's uh, not that approach. But at this point, I think, Coach, what he said in there is there is everybody is an understanding what is expected. To me, once roles are defined, and I credit the Kings for doing this. I said this when they ha- when it happened. It's not easy to bench a number two pick with the pressure of trying to get that right. But it makes more sense on who they're playing right now based on how Marvin has performed in the past, uh, mainly because of his health. He hasn't been healthy enough. But when he has, I don't think it's produced enough winning basketball for this team. And for them to get a guy like Harkless in there, completely different player, but a better fit for that starting five, and then really go small and utilize all these skilled guards, the team looks better to me that way. So now I try to take this in from Marvin's perspective. Yes, I'm hurt. I'm hurt that I'm not starting. I'm hurt that I'm out of the rotation. Uh, But I'm going to do my part to practice hard, to be ready. And there was a game earlier this year 
when the Kings played uh, and Mo Harkless was out and everybody kind of moved up and Marvin came in off the bench, didn't play a ton, but I thought he gave him production, got a nice ovation. I said, there you go. That's how you do it. You be a pro. Nobody likes to, everybody wants to play 48 minutes. That's, that's not the question here. So I don't know. Sean didn't report this. He was reporting more about Sunday's game. I wondered on the game against Charlotte, why he didn't get in. And that one, I know they waited for Holmes to get the 2020. There's only about two minutes left, and maybe there's a little bit of a courtesy, or this is embarrassing to go in in the last two minutes. Still, you should go in if the coach asks you. I don't ask you. I don't know if that happened in the Charlotte game. But if it's as reported did happen in the other game against Phoenix, now you just start to think about this from Marvin's perspective of a missed opportunity. Chemezi Metu, Damian Jones were in on what could have been an historic comeback. They did a great job of coming back, but those guys got opportunities. And yesterday, the way the Kings played, absolutely Marvin could have been in there. But because of what he did the other day, I, I, I say you can't play him again, ever. Why would I Why would I have trust that he's going to be mentally ready, even though uh, when I call on you, you say no, you don't want to go. And I just think this is a terrible look for Marvin. I think he is constantly heard and listen to the wrong people, the people that have spoken for him. Um, basically, we've heard two things from Marvin this year. Two. One came from his agent before the year, and then this, and this wasn't technically Marvin, but an indirect way. These are the two moments we get from Marvin Bagley. I know he's not happy that he's not playing, but I look at it this way, Chris, in that game against Phoenix, if Marvin came in, I'm going to do two extremes. They're down big. No one thought they'd come back, and they didn't ultimately come all the way back. But they're down huge. It's an embarrassing night. Terrible third quarter. If Marvin came in and was the worst player on the floor. He doesn't get blamed for it. Not at all. His house money. If he's in and they have a comeback and he's honestly, I think if Marvin played the 12-minute fourth quarter, 12 points and four rebounds. I think he would have done that. uh, That's maybe 10 and four in a quarter. And the way that game went, he probably would have done that and been a part of. And then, then, then what we're saying is, Man, Luke's benching the wrong – like, it's house money. That was every opportunity. You want to play. You're asked to play. You have to play. Unbelievable. The thing we said at the beginning of the season when it came out that he wasn't going to be part of the regular rotation, you and I said the same thing, that once he he was going to get his opportunities, and once he got those opportunities, it was his job to prove everybody wrong. Yep. Yep. Say, like, that – you think I'm this guy, I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to show you every time I get in the court that you're wrong and I'm the player that I know I am. Yeah. And instead, it's just like, well. Yeah. I mean, these are – you looked at last night. I mean, they're going to go to Metu first, um, Damian Jones. Marvin Bagley has skill. And now what? M- my temptation would be, okay, just, just cut loose. That's it. You can't – I mean, you, if you refuse to play here, you got to go. The only reason to me that you keep him would be this because of not his value that I'm saying, like he's a number two pick, all this. You're not going to get a lot from Marvin Bagley, but it would be to, if you wanted to do another deal that you attach him to, because they're, it's, what is he making this year? I mean, he's making a good amount of money and that could make it for a larger player. Basically when sometimes a team for lack of a better term, oh, we're going to trade you our junk for your junk. At this point, he's become junk, which is terrible to say. I think there's way more talent than that. And 
he should have his feelings hurt, I guess, that he didn't get to the start or uh, get in the rotation, but you need to be a professional and be ready to go. And then, like you said, Chris, prove everybody wrong. And what team would want that player? Right. And that's where it's almost, are you better off without him? In a sense that you you need other bodies, but if you literally are not going to play him, like when he didn't play one of the, that first blow game against Charlotte, I go, Ooh, I wonder if this is just something coming from the organization or from the agent. Like, hey, look, we're trying to keep him 100% healthy because we got a potential move down the line, and then this stuff comes out. And when it appears on the surface that everybody is tight and unified and all going in the same direction, it kills you if you have someone that's not. And I don't know that Marvin is the animated pain-in-the-butt teammate. I don't think he's that, but this doesn't lend itself to any kind of help to the team at all. He's not helping. The, I don't think he's hurting the team, which I do think that people like, this is actually hurting the team. I don't think it's hurting the team because no one has ever come out and said, like there's not been unnamed sources say that Bagley's a bad teammate. No, Bagley, no. he doesn't want to be here. He's right. making the the locker room bad place. There isn't anything like that. But he's now is literally giving nothing to the team. Right, and that's it. And that's the I guess where I'd say he's hurting the team is is that word we always use culture. Yes, like if you really want, we've got the best culture. I don't know the coaches have. We're all holding on the rope or pulling the rope or rowing in the same direction. Whatever the phrasing and analogy you want to use, it's one person doing it more for himself and what's the win like from Bagley and Bagley's camp whatever that means to them what's the win to say nope I'm not playing for you I if you could tell me what the advantage is I'd love to hear it I I don't see it I can't find it I don't think it makes any sense and now you all of a sudden become He'll start to get a label. I don't think he's ever been considered a troubled player. Like we said, like, oh, no, he's a bad guy. Can't even handle him. This starts to put a mark on you. Health has. Um, people say he's talented. We see he's talented. But his health is definitely a red flag. And right now, of all things, he's healthy. Play. I, I, you just said, what is it? That might be the only thing. Afraid of getting hurt. Afraid of getting hurt. For what? To play yeah. for another team? Yeah. To play for this team? It's oh. not to play for this team. It's just to play for another team. Yeah. And it, did it impact the game yesterday? No. But I don't know what that's carrying over to everyone else. I don't think they're really having to answer the questions. They're going to keep it in-house. I mean, that's the way teams do it, and they should. Keep that in-house as best they can. But it's out. We know about it. And so now every time, hey, oh, Coach Walk, did, did he did he nod towards – like now we're going to dissect everything and every move. Ooh, we went with him. Oh, Marvin's still in the doghouse. Well, he should be. Ugh. Well, then, um, Coach Coach made a point of not saying no. He didn't say that it didn't happen, but he didn't say that it did happen. Yeah, but I so, believe it did. Yeah, yeah. So now the only one we're talking, we're speculating, the only one that could end the speculation is Marvin. And he's not been good at that when there's been other stuff thrown at, at him before. Yeah. Like tweets and, oh, I didn't say that. or it Just he's dodged that. And I don't think Marvin's been comfortable with that. And honestly, Marvin – Probably won't be made, especially there's no locker room access anymore. I, he's not going to be made. And what's bad is to. we have been such a cheerleader for him. I want this to work for him. There, people, I will say that there is a large percentage of Kings fans that are just like, he's not Luca. He's terrible. Right. He shouldn't be on the team. There is large, but there is also a large percentage of 
Kings fans that are like, I want him to do good. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not for the Kings, I want him to do good because I think that's who he was to begin with. Yeah. And he just got screwed over with injuries. And now, Chris, though, I don't think there's anything more off-putting to any of us, well, I'll speak for me, than to refuse to play. Yeah. I mean, because what do we say? If you play hard, you do all this. I mean, you're going to miss shots, all that stuff. You, you'll lose games. Play hard. Go go compete. Want this. And it's like, no, I don't want to play? Unacceptable. I, I kind of almost want to say, like, okay, you know what? You start. Next game, you start. Right. What are you going to do? Yeah. We'll give you 48 minutes. Go. Prove that you're the, the – whatever you think that is, prove it. Ah, frustrating. We'll get into that, obviously, and much more. Let's get into more first things first. First things first. First things first. first. All right, not only a couple of NFL items we got to get to you before we get to the break because we got to expand more on, on this Bagley and, and Kings play of last night. Uh, Thursday night football tonight, Ravens and Dolphins. Also, Cam Newton is back in the NFL. That one surprised me today. He returns on a deal with the Carolina Panthers, his old team, and Odell Beckham Jr. has landed, and it's with the Rams. Uh, what did we say yesterday? Saints, Packers, Chiefs, and maybe the Patriots. And it's the Rams. How did they get everybody? I don't care about the Rams, but I love that they do it. They're going for it. They are going for it. Different philosophy, different approach. And uh, <clears throat> Niners, by the way, Kyler Murray's coming back. Russell Wilson's coming back. The Rams have added Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr., what you got? Trey Lance. Probably soon. Probably soon. Oh, by the way, Niners, you get uh, you get the Rams on Monday night. Woof. Okay. We will get into all of those stories and much more. As we said, Brandon Laird, head basketball coach at Sacramento State, the new coach there of the men's program, will join us at 430. So here's the question. What is the bigger issue right now for the Sacramento Kings? The Marvin Bagley situation? or the way the team is playing. We'll address that next here on KHDK. And I've been putting on fire With gasoline much that uh, rejoiner there thank you chris time to get a new mattress shop local at sleep first jason ross back here on cage to thursday night football coming up it will be the dolphins and the ravens by the way dolphins just announced that it will be jacoby Brissett that will who will start this week Tua tonga vailoa is available he will just come off the bench uh for that game all right going into the break i brought up the question what is the bigger issue right now for the Sacramento Kings, the way they're currently playing or the Marvin Bagley situation. And as much as I just went off on Marvin Bagley situation and as frustrating as that is, and as unacceptable as that is, it's the way the Kings are playing more so because Marvin Bagley to this point, to this team's success hasn't been a factor. And I don't know that it'll be a huge factor or would have been going forward, though I would have liked him to have been far more professional than he showed if, in fact, all of the reports are true. 
and I believe based on Coach Walton's comments and just the reporting and the stuff that's out there, I believe it. Because any other reason why he wouldn't have played? The only player that wouldn't have played yesterday? Any reason? Any reason why he's only played in the one game? So, that one is troublesome. I hate every element of it. And again, I would think it's better off for this team to move off from him sooner than just keep him around. But there still is a potential in uh, his value, not in his talent value, but his contract and slotted value that you can get almost more in return with something else you're coveting. But um, you just hate to to remove players without any compensation. But at this point, what is a fair return if it's just something straight up? So the bigger issue to me is the way they're playing. And trying to understand this uh, has been a little bit more puzzling for me. And let's hear from Luke Walton yesterday talk about the way they began the game yesterday. They just, you know, they beat us up. They beat us up good tonight. Um, That's two games in a row now. We've had one awful quarter that's just really taken us, made it almost impossible to win. Um, Third quarter against Phoenix, first quarter tonight. So, look, we got a lot of things to clean up. We're going to be just fine as a team. Um, But that, you know, that, that, that that first quarter tonight was just uh, we. It's not it's not how we, um, it's not how we're going to play. So uh, we understand that, and uh, we'll continue to work and continue to get better. Part part of that I agree with. Part of it I don't. Because yeah, the first quarter hurt them, derailed them. You can come back in a game like that. Second quarter they gave it more points, and it might have felt better because the Kings scored thirty four, but they gave up thirty seven. And it was an awful first half, 71 points, just shy of the most they'd given up in a half. The 136 was beyond unacceptable. And again, you can have a hot shooting quarter for an opponent, a hot shooting half. The Kings never cleaned it up, never forced any resistance defensively, never really locked in in anything there. And it can't be as simple as, oh, just get Tyrese back and it'll all be fine. I think Tyrese will help. There's no doubt. There's no doubt he will. He's got great instincts, great fire great spirit to him uh so will terrence davis if he was healthy but you know he's he's injured and i was hoping and i thought my a real feeling on this team was they weren't as fragile as other times where oh man one starter's out they just can't function as well i thought they could handle that and you know for the most part for the first half against phoenix i thought they did great and then they just had a, a train wreck of a third quarter fourth quarter was a uh, a comeback, but a little bit just bizarre in all of its nature. And so last night, and, and we talk about this all the time, even if they found a way to win. Now, the 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 part part about this last night is that they didn't have a chance to win. You always say that in any game, you want to have a chance to win, especially on the road. You want to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Kings were not in the game. One stat we I've been praising through the first 10 when we did that the other day, the Kings at 10, I was so complimentary on a lot of things. I love the fact that they had had the lead at some point in all 10 games in the fourth quarter. Then you get to the last two games, and that hasn't happened. Now, Phoenix, they got back in it. That still feels like a little bit of fool's gold. And also, by the way, Phoenix was in the finals. I mean, it's a good team. San Antonio's not a good team. They're not that good. They really aren't. And maybe the reality is neither are the Kings. I don't know that. 
but they didn't look like it yesterday, and they never had the lead, and they never had a chance to win. And to just reiterate the importance of even if they somehow found a way to win yesterday, even if there was portions of it that were ugly, a 6-6 six and six record between 5-7 and seven is only one game. But more importantly, 6-6 six and six would have put you ahead of Portland. I know there's forever to go, but keeps that bottom five further down, would have the Spurs at 3-8, and eight, so five below 500. That's a tough hill to climb. You play OKC tomorrow, you could put another one on them. It's just these opportunities, I wanted them to take advantage of the Spurs, much like the Kings did of New Orleans. New Orleans is down. They've got key personnel out. They're not playing well. The Kings have played them twice and defeated them twice. I love the way they played a team like Utah, even Phoenix twice. They played Phoenix and Utah twice already, two very good teams. They've already played four games against them. And with the exception of one quarter against Phoenix, I think they've faced and fared very well against those two teams. But there was nothing, nothing good about last night's game. I believe there's a stat that came out that the Kings have had the hardest schedule so far in the NBA. But also what... This road trip, it could go a couple ways now because that was just such a bad loss. Mm -hmm. If they just run the table, win the next three games comfortably, it's going to be like, oh, wow, they really stepped up. And that first game game was just weird. That's that's not who this team is. Or they put in a bad performance tomorrow, and it's just – then it feels like the team is going to be – I don't I don't know what word I want to use. Not pressing. Pressing would be one, and then two makes you wonder. I, I go back to what I said in the opening segment. Everything I felt about this team, I, I would start to question even more. And, and a four-game losing streak would do that. And it's really, how do you look in the losses? I, we said it when they did. There's no moral victories. I thought they played great against the Jazz. They lost. That team's better than them. It's not like, oh, yay, we lost. But you go, okay, I see progress. I don't think the Spurs are better than the Kings. And they can beat you, especially in their building. They shouldn't beat you by 19 and be up by 25 and you never have a lead in the game. If the Kings played them like they played the Jazz, yes, it would have been. It would have been a different game. Close out. Right. Easy. On to the next one. But why is that happening? And it hasn't been happening all year. It happened yesterday. Now, on any kind of silver lining, positive, if you're trying to find it, De'Aaron Fox had his best individual game. I don't know if that's good or bad really long-term for this team, but here's De'Aaron postgame. De'Aaron, I know you guys talked a lot about that third quarter against Phoenix coming into this game. So how disappointing was it to start this game this way? And and how do you explain, you know, the lack of energy there? Uh, an explanation? Okay. Pretty much, I don't give an explanation for anything in my life. Uh, it, it happened. Uh, even an explanation for it doesn't help anyone. But, um, like I said, they just they came out and they hit us first. Um, and, obviously, we had a turnover, and they were just too comfortable, I think. Okay. One more from De'Aaron on, I would say, his better play, right, recently than uh, we had seen earlier in the season. Uh, I mean, I'm just playing basketball. trying to help us win at the end of the day. Um, like I said, I, uh, it was a bad stretch, but we didn't win tonight. So, you know, this performance, whatever, really doesn't matter. Um, I'm just I'm just looking on to the next one. In such a long year, that there's some merit in that, wanting to just move on. But I, I hope 
Someone has the answers because it just can't be, well, I don't have an explanation. We don't need an explanation. That's not going to help us anyway. No, you need to have answers as to why you guys and the team was so off their game. Sure, you always there's another team playing you. The Spurs played well. Give them all sorts of credit. That's fine. But I can give all the credit in the world to the Spurs, but are we going to do that to every team that beats the Kings? Is it always them? No, the Kings have to dictate some of the terms of the fight. And I don't think they did that last night. I think they have more times than not this year, but they didn't last night. And you're not going to win a lot of games unless you do that, and you, unless you come in with what is your identity. And I think this team has wanted to be deep, share the ball, lots of different people that can beat you, and um, just get after it and compete. I think Davion Mitchell said that our compete level is or never give up is, is kind of what we have. They didn't give up yesterday. They just didn't have any kind of um, true breakthrough in the game. Just got outplayed in a lot of different elements and deserved what they got, which is another loss. So 136-117 was the final yesterday. We'll come back. we got more on this and a look ahead to the OKC game which is tomorrow, and really kind of that pressing spot where the Kings, it's only three in a row, and I say only, but you don't want to get this thing going that other direction on what I think is the easiest road trip record-wise of the year, and the Kings spoiled the first opportunity. Still time to get it right, but a little less wiggle room now. We're back with more after this on Sports 1140 KHDK. We needed some wins coming up for the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully that's tomorrow when they get the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. As take an ugly win. What's that? I'll take an ugly win. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be acceptable. Like a 93 to 86, both teams doing terrible. Do those still happen? I'm sure there's been one like that. Yeah. Well, the Pacers game was kind of, I don't know that the game was that ugly, but it was lower scoring, lower paced, and it was going that way, but... uh, Last night, again, no, no, all the way down the line, uh, Buddy Heald was off. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was off. Harrison Barnes, his first really sub-Harrison Barnes game. Harkless, he's never a high-volume statistical guy. I will say this. I guess kudos to Chemezi Metu. Jemias Ramsey ended up producing some numbers yesterday, but um, it, it was just a tough watch all the way around. Someone I've just been so enamored with. Davion Mitchell, I I thought was his first real clunker. I mean, he ended up with stats, but I thought he forced things. Just everything was off. Everything was out of rhythm, mainly defensively, but even offensively. 117 on the road in San Antonio should get you a win. 136 won't. You'll get beat every night. I'm not too worried about Davion, though. I'm not either. Not at all. I mean, all. he hasn't really... He's been pretty consistent. Oh, yeah. No, it's always... And the thing with him, again, I, I thought the team played hard enough there's just no point of emphasis, no fire on the defensive end. And Davion, that's not a question. I mean, he's always going to do that. Just thought he four shots. I thought the team got into that mode a little bit where it was not necessarily hero ball, but it became, hey, we need 10 points fast. Yeah, just score and stop. Not let's take the worst three-pointer we can get. That's It was just bad all the way around, and it was one of those nights that, you know, a lot of times we'll say this on, on a post game if there's just – you know, oh, it was one of those. It didn't. It just felt like they were never 
the team that they are should have been or could have been just didn't represent what we had seen and they totally got outworked a little insight as we always talk in breaks during mm-hmm. games and after the first break it was kind of like Ooh, yeah what was that that was kind of ugly and then the second break it was just like this isn't getting better and then there is another timeout which rarely happens in the first quarter and i think we all had that feeling of this is what it's going to be tonight. Yeah, and it was the joke that we had going on off air where um, Harry Styles was performing last night inside the arena. We're down in the uh, the bowels there just you know, doing the broadcast thinking, let's just go out and watch the show at this point because what we're watching is not productive. And the Spurs, I talked about them yesterday. What we have this perception of them that – you know, with Pop, and he's still there, that this well-run organization, and I still think they do all those right elements and they find hidden gems, but this team's been below 500 for a couple of years, and it's not their best team. They still have all those guys that they find, but all those guys that they find fit better when they've got a couple of stars, whether that was Duncan and Parker, Ginobili, even Aldridge and DeRozan. And I would say their best player is DeJounte Murray, but... They've just got a bunch of other guys that that group totally outshine the Kings. And they're well coached to the point of this is working. Keep doing it until they stop us. Yeah. And it was like, hey, look, they're not stopping us. So we're going to keep going. And this was a team by all accounts coming into their game that was not playing as well as they had liked. Put their point of emphasis on defense and they defended far better than the Kings did and obviously just had a, a landslide offensively. They did what we've been asking the Kings to do of. When you're doing well, don't go away from what got you there. Yeah, and they did it. They kept it going, and it was impressive for them and for Sacramento. uh, A missed opportunity, a loss, and like we said earlier, just all all parts of everything Kings-related yesterday um, just felt like three steps back. The way they played, which to me, as I asked that question earlier, what's the bigger issue right now, the larger looming issue, Marvin Bagley's refusal to go into a game or the way this team is playing I hate the look of the Marvin Bagley issue because there's nothing good about that. I still believe more in this team, what they can do. This game derailed a lot of those feelings, but it can get right back on track as soon as tomorrow if things go well. All right, coming up in our final hour. Remember, we only have two hours today. We'll have Thursday Night Football. It's the Ravens and the Dolphins. Brandon Laird, new basketball coach at Sacramento State, is going to join us at 430. We'll come back. More of the storylines from last night around the NBA And the NFL, all this development with the NFL today, including Odell Beckham Jr. going to the Rams and his the Rams' first game with them, or at least potentially with them, is against the Niners on Monday. We'll get into that more when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK.